Hello, my name is Stephanie Parker from Trust IT. Welcome to this podcast on the CESTA Data Catalogue. Today's podcast explores the very exciting world of the social sciences. To help us do that, we'll be looking at the value of data archives for migration, minority, mobility in the context of CESDA, the Consortium of European Social Science Data Archives, and its data catalogue. CESDA is one of several European Research Infrastructure Consortia, ERICS for short, created to ensure high-quality research contributes to effective solutions to major challenges facing society today, migration and minorities being one of them. To give you an idea of the valuable role that CESDA plays in the social sciences, here are a few examples of their data archives. Out of the 30,000 data sets in the data catalogue, 1,381 focus on migration. In the overall context, CESDA contributes to tackling five global challenges with its social scientific data. These challenges include climate change and environmental risk, infectious diseases, recovery after economic um, crisis, and many of the others well known to us today. With me today is Dr. Dimitra Kandili, Senior Researcher at the National Centre for Social Research in Greece, and Amisaji, Junior Researcher at the Centre of European and Comparative Politics at Science Po in France. We'll be looking at how they are contributing to social science research and with their links to CESDA and other European initiatives during this context. Just to give you a bit more background, we'll also be touching on two other key related initiatives. One of these is SHOCK, Sciences and Humanities Open Cloud, where ARMY focuses on ethnic and migration studies. The other is EOS, the European Open Science Cloud. Without further ado, I will pass the floor to our two guests to give us a brief introduction of themselves. Thank you very much, ladies. The floor is yours. We'll start with Demetra and then Army. Okay, thanks. Uh, hello, everybody. It's nice to be with you and thank you very much for the invitation. I'm working for the research infrastructure of uh, the National uh, Center for Social Research and uh, a consortium of six uh, university departments all around Greece. It is called Sodanet and we are a member of, uh, of the CESDA Consortium for Social um, Data. Uh, I'm a social scientist with a background in anthropology, sociology, and political sciences. Uh, my curriculum has been made, uh, has been conducted in France, in Paris, and I um, uh, have been a social science researcher at the National Center for Social Research for the last 20 years. So I went uh, through. Uh, this shift and this change of uh, data culture within the community of social sciences researchers, uh, this data deluge that uh, and these uh, empirical social sciences uh, driven by data. Thank you very much, Dimitri. In fact, that's a very important experience, I think, and understanding how we um, extract the value from the day-to-day -day so it becomes a benefit for all society. Okay, the floor is yours, Arm, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Thank you. So just to start off, I'd like to echo Demetra's sentiments, and I'm also very appreciative of having this opportunity to join um, all of you on this podcast. Um, so about myself, I am a junior researcher currently based at Sciences Po in Paris, um, and I'm working uh, fully for a European and Horizon 2020 funded project, the Social Sciences and Humanities Open Cloud, or SHOCK for short. Um, specifically for SHOCK, I am involved with uh, a data community that has been set up uh, specifically for the ethnic and migration studies field. And collectively, what we're trying to do is to make quantitative surveys uh, conducted with ethnic and migrant minorities, and we call them EMMs for short, uh, FAIR. And that's findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable. Um, and we're also doing this by attempting to develop user-friendly and user-centric tools. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to explain a little bit more uh, of that later on. 
Um, before joining Shock, I worked primarily in the US and in the UK for civil society organizations, uh, helping migrants and refugees find meaningful and new employment opportunities. So uh, my professional career has very much been focused on the topic of ethnic and migrant minorities integration. That was super, thank you very much, Armin. In fact, it's really interesting that you've got that real world um, background as well in actually dealing with the people who are trying to help through um, social sciences, so that's super. Okay, so we'll move on now then to the next part and we'd like you to talk a little bit about the re kind of research you do or that you support in your day-to-day -day working life. Thank you. We'll start all again with Demetra and then move on to Army. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, as linked to SESDA since uh, the beginning of 2000, uh, Sodanet uh, is involved with uh, many different topics uh, concerning social research. We have data, uh, we are especially focused on uh, migration data sets. We have data for uh, all uh, new global challenges like uh, uh, the, um, the climate change, etc. Uh, we are very focused on social inequalities, political behavior, and uh, geography, social geography, um, populations, um, and um, many other topics, some uh, data, some historical data as well, uh, data on education and inequalities uh, concerning education, etc., etc. But as our focus is uh, today on migration data, we will uh, focus on, on this data. Uh, concerning our uh, data sets that are harvested by the SESDA data catalog, of course, they are, most of our data sets are uh, in Greek, in Greek language, but we uh, put uh, all efforts these uh, latest years to translate it at least at the level of metadata in English, so they can be uh, harvested by the SESDA data catalog. Uh, they are usually collected for research purposes, but we are, as we have uh, a big network, the network of uh, six university departments, we, we have uh, uh, data sets for educational purposes. Uh, we have even an um, online platform for uh, students, PhD students, etc., to, to work and to be trained with the data uh, and when we speak because I wanted to, to add uh, uh, just uh, a word on that when we speak about migration we speak also about mobility so if you go through through SESDA in order to find the metadata because we we have to say that through SESDA portal, through SESDA data catalog, you can find the metadata and then the user uh, moves towards the, uh, the 20 service providers that are members of the SESDA consortium. Uh, so you can, uh, you can find uh, data concerning migration through, through different uh, topics. Thank you, Demetra. We'll pass on now then to Army, and then you can talk, tell us a bit more in detail about the actual research that you do, and you know also in the context of Shock and SESDA. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. So um, I'll begin by just providing a bit more detail about uh, the ethnic and migration studies data community of Shock, which is what I work uh, on 100% of my time. So as I mentioned, this data community is very much focused on making quantitative survey data on ethnic and migrant minorities, and we call them EMMs for short, more accessible and reusable to a wide range of users. And that would be non-academic researchers, academic researchers, policymakers, for example, uh, not only in Europe, but beyond. 
Um, this data community is coordinated by a very small team, also based at Sciencebo, like myself, and it includes the regular participation and support of two different projects, but are very much linked to uh, this objective of making uh, quantitative survey data on EMMs fair. Uh, so the first project is called Ethnic Survey Data. It's an international network funded by the Cost Association with more than 200 EMN-focused researchers, primarily based across 35 countries in Europe and neighboring countries. And Ethnic Survey Data's primary role is to provide the intellectual impetus for the scientific work that this data community undertakes. Um, the second project is called Fair Ethnic Quant. It's funded by the French Agence Nationale de la Recherche, the ANR. Um, it's an open science project and their main responsibility is ensuring the inclusion of French EMM surveys uh, in the scientific work undertaken by this data community. Uh, so given that we have a very broad or ambitious objective uh, within the context of shock this data community collectively has identified two tangible outputs that they want to deliver within the uh, lifespan of the shock project. So the first is launching a free online database and tool that will be FAIR compliant and will display compiled survey level metadata for over 800 quantitative EMM surveys from over 30 different European countries. And we call this tool the EMM Survey Registry. Um, I'm very happy to report that we actually have already delivered this output uh, because we launched uh, in spring 2020 the beta version. It is a fully functional and fully accessible version of the registry and it already captures 400 plus surveys from 11 different countries. Um, we also recently produced a report about this achievement and um, I've been informed that as of today, this report is available on the Zenodo community for shock. So um, I would invite any of you who are interested in the registry work to consult that report. Um, in terms of the second output, it is uh, testing the feasibility of setting up as part of the SESTA-led European Question Bank. So it's another tool that's being developed by SESTA. Um, and we're hoping to, to see whether or not we can dedicate as part of this tool a component that would be able to include all of the EMM surveys we had identified in developing the EMM survey registry. Uh, so now that we've delivered the first app, we're now kind of shifting our focus to the second output and we're actively working on it um, in close collaboration with the two projects that I mentioned before. In terms of our engagement with the SESTA data sets, um, because we're a data community, we work with data and inevitably data from the SESTA catalog because we know it includes surveys on EMM's integration. Uh, so to, to maybe explain uh, more concretely how we engage with the SESTA data sets, I was hoping to give um, a run through of how we've developed the EMM survey registry. So essentially um, members from the ethnic survey data and fair ethnic quant project were tasked with searching for existing surveys for a specific country using a very detailed inclusion and exclusion uh, criteria developed by the data community. Um, and surveys were only included if they were quantitative and sample based, conducted since January 2000 in one of the 30 plus countries. And these 30 plus countries do overlap with the SESTA member countries in many cases. Um, surveys also had to focus on at least one dimension of integration and it had to meet certain EMM sample size thresholds based on whether or not it was a survey conducted at the national, local, or uh, for the general population. Um, if for each uh, survey that we had uncovered or de detected and subsequently met the inclusion criteria, we then compiled this uh, metadata in line with the schema that we had also developed. And the schema that we have is quite rich, it has over 200 variables. Um, so what that means is we're providing a lot of detailed information about the types of surveys that exist. And what we have learned from uh, the individuals who've undertaken this kind of task is that for surveys that had been deposited into data catalogs or archives and repositories, namely from um, SESTA member uh, countries like in France, it would be Progetto and Germany and Gieses, just having those surveys already there was very helpful in locating uh, relevant surveys quickly, but also in compiling this rich metadata for each of those surveys because all of the information in many cases was already provided through a single access point. I would say that uh, when a user visits uh, the SESDA data catalog, he can find uh, the data sets in 14 European languages with keywords linking to the European language database, the repository of social sciences. There is The problem is that uh, uh, 
the outcomes of the research infrastructures are not uh, visible from the first side. I mean, there is a lot of work done all these years, at least uh, the last 10 or 20 years. Uh, so you can find, if you search within uh, the CESDA data catalog, you can um, locate uh, the data concerning migration or other issues by topic, by collection of the year, by country, by the publisher. As of today, we have uh, approximately 3,000 for being accused because we speak about data. It's, you can uh, come, uh, come up 2,271 uh, results. Uh, the European uh, Social Sciences uh, Thesaurus is behind the system and uh, you can you can link the topics with uh, with the data uh, training is an important issue as well uh, in order to have uh, read and reliable metadata uh, for the for the user for the researchers to make his uh, life more easier uh, the fact that uh, the service providers sodanet is included uh, among them uh, uh, are trusted. I mean, they follow uh, international standards like the uh, DDI, etc. Uh, one uh, currently we are conducting as uh, Sodanet and as part of uh, CESDA a very important um, European Horizon uh, project. And uh, at the uh, national level, uh, due to to the recent since uh, 2015 um, uh, refugee crisis in Europe, we have many uh, surveys uh, that are uh, conducted right now, and they will be uh, stored in uh, in the repository. Uh, at the AQ repository, and then they will be findable by by CESDA catalog. Uh, personally, I'm involved in um, in the issues of uh, migration, refugees crisis, and and mobility as well. And one of uh, of my uh, research interest is uh, the use. Uh, of uh, digital skills for education and work, the the inequalities uh, that are raised uh, when you you use these um, these tools and uh, these methods, and of course in uh, within Sodanet, uh, we have a critical mass of PhD students uh, working with uh, data sets. I would say, but. We don't really uh, have the exact number, but I would say that CESDA community has around uh, 1,100 uh, users uh, worldwide. And this is a wonderful thing for, uh, for research. And for somebody like me that uh, is involved uh, within uh, this sector, for quite uh, long years. It is wonderful to, to think that a PhD student or a researcher, uh, especially during uh, the pandemic conditions, is uh, in uh, his uh, desktop top and he can visit uh, uh, research findings uh, all around the world uh, within his laptop or computer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think you've touched upon a really important point there, Demetra. You know, when we're talking about motivation and building the critical mass. I don't know if Armin wants to add anything to this, you know, also from a personal perspective. You know, what does it mean? How, how are we building on what data has already been collected and can be harvested? And how can we build on that in the future? as we see, you know, the challenges evolve as well. And, and especially in times like COVID-19, where we're, new challenges are emerging or 
or it's reinforcing some of the familiar challenges in, in new ways. I don't know if you'd like to comment on this. Thank you. Sure. Um, so I think to the first question of kind of how we're helping to enrich the existing evidence base. So that's something that really resonates with the ethnic and migration studies data community. Um, and it's exactly why we're developing such rich metadata about surveys, because we know that really interesting and meaningful survey research is being done. But we also know that act accessing that information uh, is not always easy. So we've really conceptualized the CMM survey registry to serve as a single access point where any type of user uh, can use it as a tool for themselves, whatever their research or policy um, oriented uh, work is, so that they can learn about what kind of uh, surveys have been conducted and use what they feel is relevant for, for their respective uh, tasks. Um, in terms of kind of promoting cross-disciplinary research as well as cross-disciplinary reuse, um, I also think the registry, again, is a really salient example of that. Again, it's a tool that um, is intended to serve as this one-stop shop where you can discover um, all about the different existing surveys that have been conducted with EMM populations. And with ethnic and migration studies already being quite multidisciplinary, this means that these surveys are, are being developed and um, delivered by very different research disciplines. And so when you have a single access point, you're able to see in essence all the surveys that might be discussing or trying to understand a specific dimension of integration, but from all these dis different disciplines. And many of these other disciplines may not be something that an individual is familiar with. So just having this opportunity to discover that information in this one uh, interface, um, we think would be able to enable users to identify new research opportunities and synergies that promote this idea of cross-disciplinary research and cross-disciplinary reuse of data. And uh, just to add uh, to that, that uh, as migration is at the top of the political and the research agenda, the latest uh, uh, years, it is uh, very important to, to have in mind that uh, cross-disciplinary research is very important. Uh, as an example, CESDA and SODANE as, uh, as a link to third party to, to this project. It's called Humanbird uh, Project. It's an Horizon One. It is uh, coordinated by, um, by 11 university and there are 16 partners and 10 countries. And what is uh, extraordinary is that it brings together research parties, universities, uh, small medium enterprises, uh, NGO networks, uh, CESDA, and it combines a wide range of scientific disciplines from anthropology and political sciences to statistics, telecom engineering and computer sciences. And uh, all these uh, disciplines work together since the end of uh, 2019 till 2000, uh, the beginning of 2024. And we are looking forward as SODAN and, and as SESDA to store, uh, of course, in compliance with GDPR requirements and ethical standards. Uh, to store this data uh, to to our depository and uh, and to SESDA. and this is very challenging because I like the two hats. I I change hat quite <laughs> often. As uh, a researcher, it is very challenging, and it is very challenging as well as a data curator. I mean, as part of. Uh, of the research infrastructure, because what what happens now is that, of course, we have uh, a deluge, a data deluge. But what is very important now is that all these scattered data are collected, and uh, we try to render them uh, fair. So uh, people, researchers, even policymakers. Uh, potential stakeholders, etc., can find data 
documented uh, on a proper uh, manner. And this is very important because when we speak about transparency in the European Union, uh, quite recently in 2019, uh, has uh, passed uh, a law uh, telling uh, that um, all uh, uh, it's, uh, that have been produced by public funding will be open. So uh, the research infrastructure have uh, a crucial role to to further disseminate these uh, data sets to to all uh, European citizens and uh, even um, across uh, across the globe. Thank you, Dimitra. Yes. Sir. Um, just to sum up then, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the challenges of actually, you know, tackling, you know, the data deluge and all this information and how we use that with training and expertise and, and to support uh, like from the data catalogue. So what do we, what, how do you see the future evolving in terms of, you know, um, building on the cross-disciplinary research and the opportunities and the potential there. How would you both kind of see this evolving in the future? You know, if we build on the data that we already have, we create insights, that insight feeds into the policy making, it brings, you know, important social um, and benefits. So how would you see this evolving in the future? Um, I think that the key to open the doors is uh, your question. I mean, it's cross-disciplinary research. Uh, the example of uh, computational sciences, for instance, uh, social scientists uh, bring to the table and to the research their tools, the, the way of uh, proceeding uh, with uh, ideas, with uh, a profound knowledge of uh, of social problems, etc., but computational sciences, for instance, or uh, the development of technology, help us to redirect and to enrich our research. I don't say that the conversation among all these disciplines is uh, always easy. But I think that uh, younger uh, scientists from all backgrounds, uh, they feel the, the feeling that you are in uh, on the same uh, on the same page, and that uh, the world is a world, you know, where everybody can exchange ideas, etc. Technology helped a lot to that. So I think yes, that. Uh, view the, the importance as well of, uh, of social problems and issues today, it will lead us to a uh, disciplinary uh, research. And I think that it will be very challenged, it will not be easy. You see what happens with the pandemic, the, the number of uh, of issues for for every citizen, for the labour market, for the European economy, for resilient societies, etc. But I I I don't see any other you know get away. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. Um, I if you got anything to add to that, you know, and how we're using um. The Sensor Data Catalog and other repositories to solve some real-world challenges. What would you like to add from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think Dimitri mentioned, um, I guess, captured um, my perspective or feelings as well about just the general kind of um, strengths of this cross-disciplinary um, driven uh, data output. But um, specifically for the EMM survey, registry because that is the one tangible output that we have produced um, as a data community. Um, I thought it might be helpful to highlight what it could do in terms of any survey research that's being done uh, in terms of COVID. 
So the way that the registry has been set up is that the metadata or information about those surveys um, that is being captured can be adapted to respond to new research and policy demands. And we already know because as our partners, we have individuals who work um, in the policy space at the EU or national level, and they're very interested in knowing what kind of survey research has been done to understand the experience of COVID as a migrant or ethnic minority in their respective uh, countries. So what we have already envisioned and are working to do is to adapt the metadata schema so that we can actually include a variable that denotes whether or not a survey was done within the context of COVID. So that if a user comes to the registry and they want to look just for surveys that have been done in relation to COVID, they can just pick that variable and it will identify almost instantaneously the list of surveys that are related to COVID. Um, so that's just one example of how the registry uh, has been conceptualized to be able to be adaptive and responsive to changes that are inevitable, both from a research and policy perspective. Thank you, Armin. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so we're looking at some of the global challenges. Um, do you have any other insights that you can share in terms of the things like the rapid research response to infectious diseases and epidemics? We've mentioned COVID and that's obviously a very important one, but also things like major chronic diseases, adapting to climate change risks, um, enabling the circular economy through data research and social sciences, and supporting economic recovery uh, as well. Do you have any experience of this directly, or what would you like to say about any of these uh, other global challenges? I. I can speak about uh, about CESDA. I don't have a, a direct experience, but I am part of this community. So CESDA has uh, already uh, made an initiative, a quite important one. We have uh, an, um, a special COVID-19 uh, employee. This is, uh, it's uh, Helena. Larkson uh, from the FSD and uh, with uh, uh, in cooperation with uh, some other colleagues from uh, SPS and they are trying to to collect uh, data sets that um, uh, speak that study uh, this phenomenon it is a quite uh, recent phenomenon but they they can be linked to to other uh, questions like trust because trust is a very important issue when we deal with uh, this kind of uh, pandemics and uh, the social consequences uh, health data are very important and many many service providers have uh, this kind of uh, data the exchange of ideas and knowledge is very fundamental and it is very crucial for for keeping uh, resilient societies within uh, europe as uh, for sodanet what we are trying to do we are trying within the uh, the repository uh, to link, uh, to collect uh, as a first step uh, data sets that have been recently produced concerning uh, COVID-19 and to further disseminate them to our researchers as as uh, to the global uh, challenges as a climate change. There is a very uh, a promising initiative. It's a national network of uh, of many uh, academics, departments, and research centers, and they are uh, studying the climate changes. Uh, ECA is part of it, and they will uh, the ECA research team will. Um, will study and uh, will investigate the social consequences of uh, of the climate change i mean the consequences can be uh, the tourism sector this is a very important sector for all uh, for the majority of uh, european economies 
there are uh, consequences and an impact on uh, circular economy and it's very essential for countries like uh, my country and uh, other European countries as well that have encountered these latest uh, years um, quite a big economic crisis and it is very important as well uh, at the European level with the Green Deal uh, with the particular emphasis on um, populations, on uh, migration and uh, displaced populations as well. Environmental migration can be, it is already a challenge, but it will be a very big challenge for, for the years to come for Europe and uh, for the world uh, worldwide. So yes, I think that we have many things to, to investigate and to further disseminate to, to the designated, uh, designated communities for the years to come. Yeah, thank you very much. I know, Armi, if you want to add anything to this. Uh, so I personally don't um, have any personal research that I'm doing on these topics, but what I can perhaps highlight is that because we have this data community set up and it's essentially providing a space where people who are interested on ethnic and migrant minorities integration as a topic are able to link with one another. Um, I've seen that uh, researchers not only within academia but outside of that are finding uh, opportunities to collaborate to tackle the very types of issues that you've highlighted and um, it's great that you know, we have this opportunity to bring together people from all different walks of life to, to tackle shared challenges um, in a meaningful way. Thank you, Amy. Yes, in fact, you know, interdisciplinary is research is, is a relatively new approach. Um, I'm sure that we can really build on the data sets that we have and that we're creating um, to further this effort, especially around, you know, the important topics that you mentioned, Demetra, like the the um, circular economy and sustainable development, sustainable tourism as well. Okay, so on to our next question, and we'd like to zoom in now a little bit more in on um, the policy making aspects. Um, and so the question would be, what kind of situation would we be in today um, if we, in terms of policy making, if we didn't have these data sets? So, in other words, you know how. What, to what extent can they benefit this policy making and decision making? I don't know who wants to go first, but please feel free to take the floor. Perhaps Demetra can speak first again. Uh, yes, I think that if you see um, the agenda for the new horizon, for instance, uh, you can uh, easily, I don't I don't speak about the results, but at least for the initiatives at the European level, you can see that the agenda concerning uh, global challenges is there. So, uh, and the fact that the European countries and the European Union as a whole have uh, set up the ERICS and the research infrastructure and they are giving quite uh, the they have uh, a considerable budget, not, not especially for social sciences, this is maybe a problem, but anyway, for, for all sciences uh, concerning the, the production of uh, research fundings, findings, that means that there is the will. And uh, evidence-based research is needed by the policy makers. Of course, they can interpret, but social scientists can interpret. Uh, you can have, for instance, a data set and you can make a reuse of that. You will bring your own hypothesis, sometimes your beliefs or uh, what you think that is right or is not right. So the European Union it seems that they use evidence-based research. 
uh, in their uh, policy agenda. The fact that they support open sciences and consequently many, many European countries uh, have already adopted uh, open sciences. The fact that they um, encourage the dissemination of data and any information, administrative data can be a valuable information for research as well. This is a type of new data, old data, I would say, um, trans migrated or, I don't know, changed to, to new di di uh, types of data. So all these sources are there and they are used by the researchers. And in any case, our duty and our engagement as social researchers is to make uh, research uh, reliable and uh, open to the policy makers. Uh, but it is very important for, for social researchers to have the support of, uh, of their ministries and to make fair data. And in this perspective, yes, um, the European Union, I mean, the European Commission supports the idea of, of fair data. EOSC, I think, is, is, a, is a good example of this shift in, in the European policy. Don't you think so? Uh, yes, indeed, it is. When we can share more information about this um, afterwards. Um, I think, yeah, you touched upon a really important point there because it's the data that proves the facts. So we can, you know, um, hold people to account. Um, you know, and, and during this COVID-19 pandemic, people have also been talking about an infodemic, yeah, where we're, we're getting mixed information about what it is and how it spreads and so on and so forth. But it's actually all the scientific data um, and you know this information we can go a bit further down we can and really understand how this relates to migration and migrant communities who are often living in poor um, housing conditions and, and a lot of people all together so I think this is really important that you know and by making that data fair and by sharing it we can you know really make sure that the societal benefits of data um, and cross-disciplinary research and its value um, in Europe and globally and to, in solving the problems. Um, I don't know, Armi, if you've got anything you'd like to add here to your surveys about the, your, the data or any insights that you'd like to share? Uh, sure, I mean, I completely agree with Dimitra about uh, the, the importance and value of data for evidence-based policy making. Um, and that's why, as a data community, we're really committed to, to making this, the data that we work with uh, more accessible and reusable so that um, they can be leveraged better uh, to make decisions about what's been done and what needs to be done. Um, specifically in terms of survey data, um, having that type of information available is really important because they can include an overtime component. Um, and that really matters when you're talking about integration um, because with administrative data, which you can also study integration, it's a snapshot in time of what a certain person's experience is like. Whereas when you have an overtime um, aspect, which is through a longitudinal study or as a repeated cross-sectional study, um, you can see how the experience has evolved for a specific individual or specific groups of individuals. And that can provide new insights uh, for policymakers so they really understand what the consequences or what the impact of the policies that they have in place right now um, have had and then what kind of new changes or what adaptations need to be made moving forward. Thank you very much, Armin. So just, just to conclude then, um, what, what, you know, I know that you don't have an awful lot of knowledge about EOSC, you know, the European Open Science Cloud, but, but we do, you know, you understand its value in terms of you know, opening up science so that it becomes accessible to everybody based on those fair principles. How do you see, though, moving forward that CESTA could play a role in this context? 
sort of beyond the SESDA community or beyond the data, how could you as individuals or your organisations contribute to AOSC in the future? Uh, there are some, um, some national initiatives to join, um, to join AOSC because it is, of course, very important. You will have the opportunity to, to benefit and to gain expertise for what has been done or what is being doing through, uh, through EOSC, so it is very important. Says that what SESDA is doing uh, within EOSC, because I, I think SESDA is the coordinator of this, um, of this uh, project, and um, the fact that all research infrastructure for social sciences within uh, the European Social Science and Humanities uh, portal, but uh, within EOSC as well, it, it will be very valuable. We can gain from the tools uh, that uh, other disciplines can bring and we can, uh, we can exchange uh, ideas. I like very, very much the idea that what is innovative in scientific research is that you can, you can make uh, research depending on fostering collaborative exchange and between different communities. And I think that EOSC is this community and it reflects at some extent uh, the European societies. I mean, they are not, they are not homogenous, the European societies, but they are multicultural, they are um, multidisciplinary, they are, they are a lot of diversity. So I think that it can be made through sciences as well. And what is, is most important is that will be the outcome for, for the European citizens. Yeah, thank you very much, Dimitra. I don't know if Ami wants to add anything. We can before we wrap up with some main takeaways from you both? Uh, sure. Uh, so because EOSC is, you know, um, very much aligned with this open science agenda, um, it's something that the uh, researchers and other stakeholders that I work with are very much interested in. So I think as we learn more about what EOSC can offer and we are able to hone in on the specific services or tools that are really relevant for um, the ethnic and migration studies data community, I can imagine that there'll be lots of opportunities to not only use what's being offered, but also contribute to it and continue to build up what EOSC has been um, envisioned. Um, and I can tell you just from the shock perspective, because, because shock is kind of the social sciences um, hope and cloud part of EOSC, um, we have also been really fortunate to invite individuals from shock to, to speak with our data community and talk to them about things like the fair principles and what it means to, to promote open science or apply open science for um, their own research. And it's something that um, many of the researchers are very interested in adopting and learning. So I think it's a really great initiative that um, a lot of people that I that I interact with on a regular basis are keen to tap into and become more involved with. Yeah, so it's something to keep exploring and understanding the full potential, isn't it, really? Um, and yes, of course, so thank you for that perspective also from Shock and the, and the wider um, AOS perspective. Just to conclude then this afternoon, could you each of you give us a, a takeaway that you'd like to share with the uh, audiences of the podcast and what would be your call to action yeah as well sorry yeah. sorry yes, thank you i would like to to call our audience to to have a look at the sesda data catalog and through sesda data catalog to every uh, service providers uh, the world is changing, so we need to to have uh, valuable input for the research communities, and we need, if we have the feedback of, of the research community and for from any potential user, I mean, from we we try to make our data uh, fair and easily understandable and so on. So. That could be 
a good thing and i think that they can trust uh the says the infrastructure because we are all service providers are certified uh, repositories or at least they are certified at uh, at the national level and ami is a is an excellent example of that of the effort that uh, is being made uh, within the research communities and the link with uh, SESDA, etc. So, just a click to the SESDA data catalog. There are many, many uh, researchers and data professionals and social scientists uh, around Europe that work to make, uh, to render SESDA catalog as accessible as uh, possible. And just get a look to Sodanet as well. That's all. Yeah, thank you very say. much, Demita. Ami, what would you be your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I think this uh, conversation with you, Stephanie and Demetra, has been really um, helpful in kind of reinforcing the importance of making data fair and also all the opportunities that fair data can have for both research and policy making. Um, and Demetra, especially, it's been wonderful to hear about all the different ways you've contributed as a researcher. You've been quite prolific. Um, so it's been a, an eye-opening experience in that way for myself. Um, speaking specifically for the kind of ethnic and migration studies data community for shock, um, we are always, always uh, keen to connect with new people who have uh, an interest in quantitative surveys or the topic of EMM's integration. Um, so we invite you to, to check out the EMM survey registry that we have live now, as well as any publications that we have. And, um, we do have our contact details listed on their, our website, so you're able to reach out to us uh, directly if you're interested in, in finding new ways to collaborate. Yeah, that's super. In fact, you both are really good examples and champions of, of the data community. You know, one being a certified and trusted provider, the other one being, a, in, you know, bringing new innovations and new knowledge to um, on uh, migration and mobility and all of the issues there. And I think it's something that beyond the data communities of, of really um, big interest to everybody in society to understand it, to know what the real problems are and the role that data plays in supporting all of this. So thank you very much for your insights. It's been a pleasure meeting you and talking to you this afternoon. Um, we hope that um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll continue to make such important contributions to the data community and to these big um, challenges that we're facing and to see, um, and that we see more and more cross-disciplinary research in the future because it all fits together in the end and it has an, an enormous social impact. And I think this is a really important message to convey through the podcast. So thank you again. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.